0: This week's Adam Schefter podcast, coming off the combine, getting ready for free agency. It's a busy time of the NFL year, and it's a busy time in this podcast. We're going to be joined by the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores, who's poised for a busy offseason for his new team. And then we'll sit down with the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, who holds the number one overall pick in the draft and has been connected widely to the Oklahoma quarterback, Kyler Murray. And finishing off this podcast, we'll sit down with the general manager of the Denver Broncos, John Elway, who talks about what it's like to have a choice to play baseball or football as he once did with the New York Yankees, Baltimore Colts, and Denver Broncos. But first, the rookie head coach of the Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. Right, Brian, we are in the throes of the NFL offseason, and it's been quite an offseason already for you. How would you describe everything that has transpired in your life from the time that you won the Super Bowl to the time that you were named the head coach of the Miami Dolphins to the time now where you're getting ready for all this player procurement?
1: I would describe it as a whirlwind, um, which I've described as, a, as that um, to multiple people, but I'm fortunate. I'm humbled. Uh, it's been a great this is a great opportunity for me and my family. Uh, we're ecstatic to be in you know with the Dolphins. Uh, it's a great organization. A lot of great people here, um, really across the board. Um, starting with Chris Greer, really starting with, with Mr. Ross um, to Chris, uh, and then you know we've got an, a, an incredible staff. Um, you know, not just the coaching staff, but you know from security to our media department to. You know, our nutritionists to, you know, our strength and conditioning. Uh, There's a lot of things in place here that, um, you know, we've got a lot of really good people. You bring up those good people. Yeah.
0: And you were an in demand coaching candidate. What made the Miami Dolphins stand out to you?
1: Uh, I've told this to many people Um, I wasn't just going to take any job, Um, I had a good one in New England. Um, So I I felt like, you know, and I talked to to my wife about this. We wanted to be some place where I felt like it was the right fit for me, um, and this was that. And really, I think uh, being aligned from a core values, core philosophies, the types of people we want in the building, uh, the type of culture we want. Um, Chris and I and and, and, and uh, Mr. Ross, we were all aligned from that standpoint.
0: What are Brian Flores' core
1: values and core philosophies? Uh, I would start with. Um, we want a group of people who don't have egos. Um, so humility is really important to me. Um, I think in this game, if you don't have that, uh, you have guys who are, uh, you know, about the individual. Um, this is, a, this is a game where you got to get 11 people on the same page. It's hard to get two people to trust each other, let alone 11. So I think humility is a big part of, 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 of getting the most out of the team. Um, getting the most out of the players individually and in the team as a, as a collective unit. Um, so we need more guys who work hard. We want guys who can take hard coaching. We want guys who who will communicate. Um, we want those things out of our players. You know, we want those things out of, you know, our staff. Um, we really want them out of the entire organization because uh, ultimately you're only as strong as your weakest link. And uh, I think that's not just, you know the head coach the coaching staff and the players I think that's really across the board
0: when you talk about that humility will that enter into the decisions you make in free agency and the draft where certain guys would not be your kind of guy Miami Dolphins kind of guys
1: I don't, I can't sit here and say that that'll be the you know the lone um uh reasoning why or why not but you know it'll definitely play a part um I think this game is is it's such a beautiful game. It's you know in that you know you really need to get eleven guys on the same page. Uh, you need really you really need to work hard to get you know, for people to work hard together um, to to get the product you want out on the field. Um, and if you got guys who are worried about themselves and worried about um, their individual stats or their contract or then not putting the team first. Then it's hard for the team to be the best version of themselves. And that's my ultimate goal as a coach is to, is to help people succeed, um, help our team succeed and help, help this team and each individual become the best version of themselves.
0: Was that something you always believed or was that something that was developed over time during your time in New England?
1: I think it definitely developed over time. How does um, that happen? I think, you know, you, you, you get into, into into the business and you're just working. I mean, you're getting coffee and you're driving people around and um, I think it really started for me when I got in my own room. Um, I coached a safety group, um, 2000, you know, 2012, 2013, i somewhere in there. Um, and you really start to create bonds and you create you start to create an impact um, on your individual group. Um, and I felt like I did that. Um, and once you know that kind of happened, you kind of shape your coaching philosophy style and mine is um i'm gonna be tough i'm gonna be demanding um but they're gonna know i care about them they're gonna know i love them and because of that i can be even tougher and even more demanding um and and i think that's when you get the most out of people i think we all need a kick in the the butt um to reach our highest potential i think that's if if you know i mean even in your profession if, if you know i'm sure there's people um Who are on you to do this a little bit better and that a little bit better and improve a little bit more, uh, and do and do you know work a little bit harder, Um, and that's how, I think that's how we become the best version of ourselves. So that's something that's. But also love them up. That's important too. When they need it, you know, when they need it. And and everybody's different. Everyone's a little bit different. Some guys need a pat on the back. Some guys need a kick in the butt. And I think that's part of coaching.
0: It takes a long time to learn on your fifty-three guys. Who gets what and when they get that?
1: Exactly, and it's not just me. You know, we got a great coaching staff, and that's that's part of you know each coach's job is uh, is to know their their groups, to know their positions, and to know you know that team. Uh, or, you know, you know, Bill's always said this: you're the head coach of your position room, um, and so you should know your players really better than anyone. And um, you know, you know, that's I think that's important couple of
0: things you said there that stand out to me. Firstly, you talked about getting coffee early on. Mm-hmm. You started as a gopher for Scott Pioli. I did. What do you remember about that experience, starting out at the lowest level of an organization, which is still pretty cool when you get to go to work for a football team like the Patriots, even at a low level, to get to where you are today?
1: I'm very fortunate. It makes me feel very fortunate, you know, that I, w- I started, you know, there and, um, To have risen to where I am now um I feel like it's been a uh, it felt like it was a long journey and at the time but it's happened so quickly um it's humbling um but at the same time um it's been a great journey a great ride um working for Scott was it's it's, you know he's he's a tough guy he's tough to work for um but it, it was a great experience for me and something that um those experiences helped me immensely um when I got into coaching even now, um, I tell this story. I did, uh, I was, I was in charge of doing the boards. Um, and what that means is, you know, I, when the waiver wire came out, I would go and, you know, Scott had every team, and, you know, every transaction that I, I had to make sure, you know, his board was correct. And his big thing was one wrong, all wrong. Um, so he couldn't get anything wrong on the board. And, and if you did, you were in the office and you were, you were going to hear about it. Um, so it, 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 it taught me that, you know, you had to be meticulous, you had to be, you know, right on the details, and that's that stayed with me.
0: How did he pluck you at a Boston college in two thousand three? I had a source named Hasselback
1: that told me that the Hasselbacks <laughs> had some sort of role in that. Is that accurate or not? I've got a great relationship with uh Uh, Nathaniel Hasselbeck, this is the one I spent the most time with the third Uh, Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck. Uh, I spent the most time with him at at Boston college. Uh, he's a great friend still, you know, I texted with him the other day. Um, and you know, his dad, Don obviously is, uh, uh, has been a mentor to me. So, uh, he put in a good word. Um, when I interviewed, um, I wrote a letter to every team, um, Patriots got back to me along with a few other teams, not all of them, uh, and uh, I, I, I got an interview. I guess I did a, a decent job, half-decent job. Uh, Don put in a word, good word for me along with, you know, uh, Tom O'Brien and, uh, um, you know, a few others. And I got lucky and, and landed, landed the gig. And, and I just put my head down and, and, and worked my way up.
0: And we talked about going from Boston College to go for, for Scott Peely and the New England Patriots to being the head coach of a room to being in this chair now where Mm -hmm. you're the head coach of the Miami Dolphins but really it starts much earlier where you're in Brownsville, Brooklyn and I Mm -hmm. guess I would say to you there are a lot of people out there who would wonder how you go from Brownsville, Brooklyn how you go from being a Gopher to being in the spot what would you say to the young people out there who would love to blaze a path like you did and follow in a path like you did and achieve the success that you
1: have I would say it starts with hard work. I would say that we should all dream big. I would say that. that and I think that's something that I did at an early age. Um, I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of great coaches around. Um, and I, and I, should, I shouldn't should even start with them. I've got two great parents um, and a great family, really. Uh, I got a great family. And, you know, they've always been very supportive. My coaches have always been very supportive. I would say dream big. I would say... Um, but at the same time, you got to be ready to work um, and that it's not always going to be easy. You're going to deal with some adversity. Um, I slept on an air mattress for a year um, and you're going to have to you know, make some sacrifices. And I think that's one thing that, you know, in today's society, you know, I don't think people are willing to make the sacrifices to get where they want to get um, and you can't make excuses. Um, that's something that, you know, I'm going to impart on this team. Something I've imparted on, on on my position rooms and uh, you know as you know uh, a play caller or something you know we talked about on you know defensively um, and it's something I talk I'm going to talk to about to my kids um, when they're ready for that too um, again I would say these are all end up being my core values uh, things that I believe you know wholeheartedly in and I've I've lived them um, I mean, I'm young but I've lived them um, and uh, hopefully. You know, I'm not. I'm not done. You know, dealing with adversity and and uh, and uh, making an impact and 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 winning. The air mattress isn't coming to your office in Miami. Uh, the, they they they've got me a nice couch up over there. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's an upgrade. Every time. You go yeah. from an air mattress a nice to a couch, couch in the coach's house. office. Yeah, I got a nice couch. That's a, that's a major upgrade. That's an upgrade. Right? Right? Yeah, that's an upgrade. Now so.
0: you've won a Super Bowl. You've won many Super Bowls in New England. Can you imagine what it would be like? To one day bring a Super Bowl championship to the Miami Dolphins.
1: I'm a one day at a time guy. Um, that is a process, um, and it started when I got off the plane and uh, landed in Fort Lauderdale, and um, it started on February 4th. Um, but it's a one day at a time process, and that's not what more my focus is right now. My focus is on you know today and um, you know getting to know these players here at the combine. Um, Continuing the, the evaluation process of our team um, and trying to make the right, the best decisions for the Miami Dolphins. Um, that's not really on my radar. My, my radar is today and and the next few weeks and and, and trying to do what's best for the for, for the Dolphins organization.
0: What is the first order of business now as you look ahead to today?
1: You know, really starting to, um, uh, getting a, uh, a feel for you know these players who I think will you know maybe it's this year. You know, maybe we'll pick a couple of these guys. But at the same time, maybe, you know, two years from down the line, an interview we had, you know, at the Combine twenty nineteen plays a role in and and a free you know, agent you twenty twenty three. Exactly. A free agent or you know, a trade or something. Um, so all of this is important and I, I don't I don't take it lightly. Um, and I see uh, I see value in it all. Um, so I think this all of the entire process is important.
0: Before I let you go, I would be remiss not asking you about the topic that everybody would want to know. What are your plans the quarterback position for the 2019 season for the Miami Dolphins?
1: Again, that's everything is in process right now. Um, we've evaluated the roster, or we're in, we're evaluating the roster. Um, obviously, that's a very important position. But, and I know this sounds cliche, but every position is important. Um, you think quarterback's important? Well, if you don't have a center to snap the ball to the quarterback, then, you know what I mean? So all of it's important. Um, so we're evaluating our team. Um, we're evaluating, you know, the players on our team, all the players in free agency, all the players in the draft. Um, you know, and that's it's an ongoing uh, process. And um, in all situations, we're going to do what we feel is best for the Miami Dolphins, period. Um you can you go ahead and you know you're gonna hear that over and over and over again from me, um, and uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of where we're at.
0: You get to evaluate that roster twice a year, going up against it. So I'm sure you knew it pretty well even going in.
1: I had a pretty good idea of what uh, of, of the roster and and and, and uh, but at the same time, there's there's other you know parts of the evaluation that I you know. I wasn't privy to, I didn't, I didn't spend every day with these guys. Like some of the other guys on our staff, um, like Chris and, and, um, you know, in our scouting department. So again, that's just one part of the evaluation. Um, and then there's, you know, you don't know, you don't know a guy's humility based on, you know, playing him twice a year. You don't know his work ethic. You don't know his, you know, maybe there's a complacency to a guy you think is really good. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a bigger evaluation there. So, again, there's just still a lot to learn about this team. Um, and, again, we're always going to do what we feel is best for the, for the Dolphins.
0: Brian, congratulations on getting the head coaching job and congratulations on the journey that
1: you've taken through the years. Thank you, you very much. You Thank you. Much appreciated.
0: From one rookie head coach to another, the Arizona Cardinals rookie head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who once took part in the combine himself as a quarterback and attended last week, As the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, who have the number one overall pick and have widely been linked to the Oklahoma quarterback, Kyler Murray. Next up, Cliff Kingsbury. All right, Cliff, first of all, sitting across from you here makes me feel very old because you were in training camp with the Denver Broncos as a backup quarterback trying to make the roster. And here you are sitting down as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So to watch you... Rise from a backup quarterback in Greeley, Colorado, to a head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, I have to say, makes me feel when you look back on that journey, what stands out to you about the entire thing?
2: Yeah, I think just how much you learn through the process. You don't realize it at the time, but the relationships you make, the different offenses you learn, the different temperaments of coaches and their coaching style, you're just picking up so much information um, going through it. You don't realize that it's all part of the process.
0: Also, you came to the Combine as a quarterback,
2: correct? I did. I did. So what is the
0: biggest difference showing up here as a quarterback and showing up here as a head
2: coach, yeah, a lot, a lot more stress as a QB. You know, as you're, a QB, you're, getting, yeah. you're getting evaluated on every level of your game. You know, psychologically, physically, um, all the medical tests, and so that, that's an intense three or four days.
0: What would you say to these young prospects who are here about the best way to handle themselves for this entire week, which is quite a process for them?
2: Yeah, be yourself. You know, trying to enjoy the process. There's a million players out there that would die to be in your shoes and, and be able to go through this. So try to see it for what it is and don't let the stress build too much.
0: We talk about the process. What has been the process for you so far since you became the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals?
2: Yeah, it's, it's been a learning experience every day. Um, Steve Kimes has been phenomenal in helping me put together a, a experienced NFL staff, which has been guys I can, I can lean on and bounce ideas off of them. Hey, we did this in college. Does this work in the NFL? You did this in the NFL. And, and just try to come together and, and find the best answer on everything did you have any idea that you would wind up as the head coach of an NFL team at this time in your life I didn't I didn't um you know I loved college football I loved where I was at but as I, I saw some of these quarterbacks that I'd worked with transition and, and kind of saw where the NFL game was going in some areas um it was something that that I had my eye on and, and when the opportunity arose I, I couldn't wait to, to jump on it
0: you talked about the quarterbacks you work with Could you give me something that has stood out to you about each of those guys that we've come to watch here in the NFL?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Patrick, obviously the arm talent is phenomenal. Um, he can make throws from any angle, anywhere on the field at any time, doesn't need a lot of space, uh, and, and incredibly accurate. I think with Baker, it's, it's how cerebral he is, diagnosing a defense pre-snap. Um, you know, he, he knows where to go with the ball before anybody else. And, and Case Keenum, a great leader, can extend plays, um, nimble, great feet, and, and just is a winner. So
0: Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, didn't you get to work with Johnny Manziel as well? And what stood out about him?
2: Yeah, I think his just playmaking ability and overall competitiveness. You know, Johnny's one of those guys who on game day. Regardless of what else is going on during the week, he's going to show up and, and play his tail off and, and sell out for his teammates, and that always stood out to us.
0: As we talk about quarterbacks, and as you take over as the head coach, that was in the Cardinals. Give me a breakdown of what you've seen from
2: Josh Rosen. Yeah, I, you know, we all know he's a tremendous thrower of the football. Very talented um, thrower, very cerebral, smart young man. And I think what stood out the most last year was just the competitiveness showing up late in the year had some adverse conditions got hit a bunch but continued to stand up continued to get up hang in the pocket um, and played some of his best football late in the year
0: and what stood out to you about the rest of the Cardinals roster as you reviewed it Cliff
2: yeah I, I think you know just that it's not as far away as maybe the record indicated I think there were some tough injuries particularly on the O-line um, that set them back quite a bit during the season and I, I think there's some pieces in place you know, when you talk about the draft and free agency adding great players there that that we can get caught up fairly quickly. But
0: not as far away as indicated.
2: That's that's what I think, you know, looking at the roster. Um, with the record, I don't think it was that type of a team. I just think things kind of snowballed on them, and um, so I'm excited to to get it rolling. So not to put any pressure on yourself, but
0: you would think that this team would be better than people would expect in this season.
2: Uh, I I do. Uh, you know, I'm always going to expect that, though. So um, I think as a coach, you have to. But, but like I said, I, I like what I've seen on the roster. I like the moves we've made so far in free agency, and, and obviously having the first pick in the draft, you have a chance to add some serious talent.
0: What about having the first pick in the draft? draft how does that influence the way you go about the offseason
2: for me first time NFL head coach the entire draft is, is a new thing so really leaning on Steve for the evaluation process of it all and um, then I want to have as much info be as thorough as I can with the top guys and, and so when we have that conversation hey who we're going to take I, I can contribute to it and, and so it, it'll be a process but um, Steve's been great to work with and, and we'll come up with with the best guy for the Arizona Cardinals. I
0: know you're going to lean on Steve and other people. In other years, we've seen that number one pick go for a lot of draft capital. Could you see in any way that number one pick potentially being traded?
2: We'll see. I, I, I don't want to you know, say that. That wouldn't happen, but um, we, we want to make sure that that's not our guy before we do that because if you have the guy you want and you get him and, and don't have to worry about any of the other circumstances, you want to go ahead and do that. It's a whole process there before you can figure it no out. No question. But that number one pick is worth an awful lot, Cliff. That's what I'm hearing. That's <laughs> what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm sure we'll take the calls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and before I let you go, you watch Kyler Murray in college. I just want to ask for your assessment of his abilities because he's such a talked-about figure in this draft.
2: Yeah, he's just a dynamic player. Um, You talk about being the most explosive player on the field. Regardless of position, and then he happens to play quarterback. He happens to be able to drop back, have great mechanics, a great release. Um He's just a tremendous talent, and, and I think he's done it at every level, and, and I expect him to be able to do it at the next level.
0: Hey, Cliff, thanks for taking the time. Good to see you. you've done occasions okay to the days back in Greeley, Colorado, <laughs> and good luck with the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks for
2: having me. Appreciate it.
0: And that was Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And now we go to a man who many forget once had the choice to go play baseball for the New York Yankees or go play in the NFL, a decision not unlike the one that Kyler Murray faces today. There's nobody that can provide perspective on that decision any better than the head of the Denver Broncos, John Elway. John, we are now at the Indianapolis Scouting Combine. How different is this experience from when you were going through the scouting process back as a football player in 1983?
3: Uh, You know what? Uh, (laughs) They still had the Combines back in those days, but they had like three or four of them. And so, uh, and I actually didn't go to any of them. And so uh, I passed Because of baseball, on all of you skipped all of them? Yeah, that plus different things going on to where I didn't make any of the combines. But obviously this is, you know, for us being on the personnel side to have everybody come in in Indianapolis where everybody's in one spot, have the medical doctors and, you know, put through. It's a great job interview for all these kids coming in. Plus they do it in one central spot. So it's really, it's great for us as, as personnel people in the NFL to be able to, to come here and see these guys, get all the information we need, but also see them, you know, run around
0: a little bit. You were one of the original baseball, football players. There have been some. There's another high-profile one in this particular draft class, Kyler Murray. What do you think goes into somebody's thinking like that when he's as talented as he is and has some of those options?
3: You know... Adam, I, I think you go with where your heart wants to go and, and ultimately where you feel the most confident of really what you want to do in your future. Obviously, you know, he's a great baseball player, also a great football player. And I think when my in my situation, I spent more time on football and therefore having played the quarterback position, I don't think there's a better position in sport. And so therefore. And as much as I love baseball, you know, football was the one that, uh, you know, I wanted to do. I'm sure Kyler probably went through the same thing playing the quarterback position. Um, you know, there's nothing better than that. And so I think that, you know, he's following his heart, which I think he should do. And, and, um, you know, hopefully he has a tremendous NFL career. What would it have taken for you to play baseball? The, the Colts not trading me. <laughs>
0: And st- then you would have been. Thirty years
3: later, thirty-five years later, I'm sticking to that same story. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think my name would have gone back in the draft, and then uh, I would have seen what happened the following year. And but uh, yeah, that's what would have happened. And uh, but fortunately, I got traded to the Broncos, and was
0: able to spend a lot of time. You know, there are people, teams that have suggested to me already that Kyler Murray has that option if he falls far enough in the draft and goes to a team he doesn't like. And that's
3: the scary thing about it, you know. And all of a sudden, if all of a sudden, what happens if it doesn't work out in the NFL? I think there's some, you know, Kyler's got a lot of leverage both ways, and uh, and sometimes you're a little worried on the NFL side. You're a little bit worried about the fact that he has other options. You know, a lot of players when they come to the NFL, they don't have the options that Kyler Murray has, and so you know that does have to scare people a little bit uh, because he does have the option to go back and play baseball.
0: Yeah, if there's a team beyond 16 in the 20s, doesn't. Love playing in the cold, whatever it may be.
3: He's they, got that leverage, and so you know, no matter what he says, bottom line, he's got that leverage, and so you know, and, and he's earned, he's earned to have it. But I think it also makes it very tough on some teams to make sure that uh, he's committed to football, and, and uh, you know, they're committed to, to that team if they were to draft him.
0: You're six-three. You took a number of snaps behind center, Keith Karts, whoever would have been your center. Different day and age. And I, you made an interesting comment before that, Kyle Murray. Plays the shotgun, which sort of overcomes some of his high challenges. It really does.
3: That You know, there's so much, it's, the, the, the vision is so much better at a shotgun. I mean, it's got to be 50% better at a shotgun because of the fact that you're five yards back from the line of scrimmage, and when you get the ball, now you're dropping. So you have that space. So those big guys up front. They don't impede your vision nearly as much as when you're coming out from underneath the center. And so I think that when you're talking about height and you're talking about today's game, the height doesn't have near the, the impact that it used to because of the fact that Kyler, and you watch him, he's taken every, you know, almost 99% of his snaps have been in shotguns. So therefore, you know, the height limit is not as limiting in today's game as it used to be.
0: Plus, he rolls out a lot.
3: Throws outside, a lot on
0: the run outside the pocket. Get outside,
3: moves around, and, you know he, he can re- he, you know, he can really throw the football. I think that's one thing that people underestimate is how well he throws the football, but also a tremendous athlete. And, you know, everyone's concentrated, obviously, on his, on his height, but uh, he's got all the other tools that uh, make it very dangerous.
0: Would you be surprised if he wound up going at the top of this draft?
3: no i wouldn't i mean but i think it's a commitment by the team whoever makes that choice because you're going to commit to what he does best and that's not going to be that's going to be 99% 95% shotgun and and uh commit to the game that he does the best and so you know and whoever's ready to do that obviously uh the the ravens are doing that with Lamar Jackson and committing to that so you know it you're going to if there's a team out there that could commit to changing and doing exactly what he's the best at and that's opening things up and let him move around then you know, I think that uh, somebody may do that. It's
0: interesting, just because I've spoken to a number of teams, and we'll see how this unfolds in the weeks to come here. But they are of the mind that the Arizona Cardinals will give major consideration to Kyler Murray at the number one overall pick. Well, I think
3: if you look at their coach and Cliff and Kingsbury and what he's done, uh, that's why I think that uh, you know the notion is that they're they're looking at it and looking at that option. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm sure it won't get much coverage in the next couple months. Um, but, uh. <laughs> no, we'll be busy speculating
0: which quarterback you're going to trade there, there for in go. March. Right? Exactly. What can you At say? Least for the next month, anyway, right? <laughs> Do you expect your team to pull up a trade in March for a quarterback? Is that possible, John? That's, that's a good possibility. We're, we're hopeful that it goes that direction. Hey, John, thank you very much for taking a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure to see you here in Indianapolis. Thanks, Sam. Good to see you. And special thanks to John Elway, as well as the Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury and the Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Please join us next week for part two of our Combine Conversations when we'll sit down with both Bay Area General Managers, Raiders General Manager Mike Mayock, 49ers General Manager John Lynch, and the Kansas City Chiefs General Manager Brett Feach. And we'll also have a special treat as we do home and home podcasts with the guys from Pardon My Take, Big Cat and PFT Commenter. I'll be on their podcast this week starting Wednesday, March 6th, and they'll be on my podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast, starting Monday, March 11th. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Please join us again next week for another action-packed Adam Schefter podcast.